and welcome to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. It is I, your 13-time RWP champion, Tony fucking G. Like, share, and subscribe. I'm running solo again tonight, as you can clearly see, and it's all right. And I'm sorry for the uh, delay in getting something out for you guys. I know it's been a it's been a long weekend for me. It's been a long, well, it's been a long harvest in general, and that's why I'm running solo. Phil was going to be joining me. Tyler, evening, gent. Uh, but he just got off work. He's got to go shower and get all the filth of him of the day off of him. And yeah, I can relate. It's been a long one. Uh, speaking of long, last night's show wasn't nearly as long as that last AEW show, Bazinga. Mm. Tonight, I am sipping on some Maker's Mark Hy-Vee, Nebraska, the spice of life. This is so good. But uh, I'm going to give you a quick recap. I'm going to give you kind of my thoughts on where we go from here, from Extreme Rules 2022. Now, let's get this out of the way real quick. Uh, it's unfortunate that neither Chicken or Phil could join because Chicken is no longer your champion. And sadly, it's not me either. This beautiful belt behind me does now belong to one Phil KOE. Somehow, some way, he managed to pull off a W last night in pretty astounding fashion. We really did not expect Phil to come out with a W, but he did, so kudos to him. I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. Next next time out, it's going to be my day. I, I It's got to be. Come on, i got to get one more in before the end of the year, right? You would think? All right. Let's start this out. I got Bleacher Report pulled up, so we're going to go through some of their recaps, and I'll give my uh, thoughts on things as well. Uh, Brawling Brutes made their entrance to the opening bout uh, with Imperium. Got another White Rabbit teaser. Uh, as soon as the ref called for the bell, they all just kind of began beating the crap out of each other. Seamus went after Gunther, of course. Uh, Butch focused on Vinci, and Holland goes after Kaiser. Ring was surrounded by barrels. Uh, there was a bar. This was an old Donnybrook, right? This was a. This was actually pretty good, honestly. It was very, very chaotic. Honestly, I thought I was going to hate this thing. But these guys put in the effort. There was only one spot. I can think of off the top of my head that I did not like. And it was when I believe Butch stood up on top of the barrels and three or four guys are standing below just waiting, staring, staring, waiting, waiting, staring. And he finally moonsaults. That took me out of it just a smidge. But honestly, this thing blew me away. But we knew that this was going to be a chance for Seamus to get a little bit of shine back because frankly, he has been doing nothing but getting the crap kicked out of him. By uh, by Gunther, and he did so again on SmackDown to close out the show. Uh, Gunther retained the Intercontinental Title over Sheamus, and then just 24 hours later, they had to go at it once again. So this was uh, this was well needed. This was very much needed. I, sorry, I'm getting in. I'm getting a, an update from one Phil Koe that I will be playing here on the air for all of you. But this was actually really good. I love the physicality of this. And I got to tell you, the amount of over that Sheamus is right now, I I don't remember. It's been a long time since this guy has been this over with the audience. Like, he's gotten so boring over the years. Like, the be the closest he came with me was when he was with uh, Cesaro and they were the bar. That was – and it was not uh, – it wasn't this level of investment. Everything he's kind of done since then has been pretty bland, in my personal opinion. But this, this was good. He's he's on fire right now. I'm loving everything about Sheamus. The crowd loves him. And he did end up picking up the W. He had a chance to tap out Gunther. 
of course he was saved by Imperium, but he ends up getting the big brogue kick, getting the pin, one, two, three. Sheamus gets a little bit of shine back. I don't know if this is going to culminate in him actually ever coming back and getting that Intercontinental title off of Gunther. It would be cool if he did, but at the same time, I don't even like the idea of Gunther losing anything right now. So I like where they're going with this. I, I don't think the feud is over. This probably wasn't a blow off, but honestly, this was a great opener. I'm, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this, I was going to give it three, two, five. I'm going to give it three and a half. I really enjoyed this match way more than I thought I would because it could have gone really, really badly given the amount of chaos. But no, this was, this was physical. It was fun. I would, I will watch this one again. This was a good match. Uh, Imperium's jackets look great. It, and it looked really weird on the HT TVs, they said, but I thought they looked great. Uh, the dropkick butch hit on Kaiser as he hung upside down in the corner and the shillelagh was a good spot. Seamus again, hamburger meat on the chest, and yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And unfortunately, we followed this up with literally one of the worst matches I can remember seeing in my life, uh, especially this year. Liv Morgan defending SmackDown Women's Title against Ronda Rousey. Cheers, mm-hmm. folks. I know people love Liv Morgan. I I, I enjoy her to a certain degree. She was not getting over with me at all as champion. This wasn't believable. The way that they were booking her, it was not, it wasn't for me, dog. It was not for me. And I thought that this was going to be a way to keep Liv the champion, but have her maybe get an ally of sorts or do some bullshit to somehow retain the title, maybe transition her into a a more believable heel champion. Because she's she's inept. She's the underdog, right? That only gets you so far. And fortunately, since they didn't go the healer out, uh, it ended here because this thing went on for fucking ever. This match was God fucking awful. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan have zero, zero chemistry. Uh, (laughs) Bleacher Report paints a really pleasant picture of this match. And this match sucked. They tried to incorporate bats. They did. Okay, I'll give you that. The bat spots looked really stiff because they were stiff because neither woman knew how to use the bat. I hope it was a gimmick bat. Uh, All the table spots were garbage. The chair spots were garbage. They had a chair stuffed in between the top rope and the middle rope. It fell out before they could even do the slingshot spot. Everything they tried to do fell flat. Even the actual wrestling moves that they attempted here, awful. This was terrible finally uh ronda ended up getting a a submission victory she's now a three-time women's champion two-time smackdown champion uh congratulations to ronda rousey maybe she'll actually give a shit now put a little more effort in but this live experiment's over it's it looks like she's gone dark on social media as well so i I don't know what they're gonna do with her next but she had a nice little run you know and I, i think the cult following she had going into winning the title has really started to dwindle and people have just gone back to well, okay, that was fun and all, but I think I'd just rather go back to using her as a mass masturbatory fuel. I don't need to see her as champion. Because let's be frank, a lot of the cult following was just that. Uh, she has a, a personality to her, but she does lack a lot in size, strength, and in-ring... In-ring IQ? Is that fair to say? I don't know, but... Honestly, this was not a good match. This was so bad. I, the chemistry was not there. One star. 
this is up there for worst match of the year. I don't recommend going back and watching it unless you don't like either woman, in which you would easily be able to shit all over. I I didn't. There was almost nothing redeeming here, really. Uh, <laughs> Bleacher Report page, much better picture. This match had plenty to enjoy, but it'd be hard for anyone to follow what Imperium and the Brutes did. No, this match was just really fucking bad. Really, really bad. Their notable moments were uh, the crowd booed during her entrance. Rousey mocked them. Well, that's that's one of your observations. Uh, Morgan looked great during her entrance. Oh, look, that's another note, an entrance. Uh, shot Morgan took within the bat as she jumped off the stairs was wild. Is all right. Uh, Rousey used her black belt as a weapon. I guess that's kind of cool. I don't know. This was so bad. I, I cannot stress enough how bad this match was. Uh we're going to move on, thank God, to Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross in a strap match. Let me see. Actually, here, before I before I do that, let me see if I can get this dialed up. We've got a – we do have one Phil KOE. He got the video sent in. Let's see. Hopefully, this is uh, PG-friendly. Golly gee. Welcome, one and all, to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast, folks. It is I. The reigning, defending, revolutionary wrestling podcast champion himself, your king of extreme, Phil KOE, right here at Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast on YouTube and Spotify. But of course, you can find me, your king of extreme, and the reigning, defending champion at KOE Nation on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. All very easy to find, folks. But yes, your king of extreme reigns supreme, that evening of that extreme. Yes, extreme. Extreme rules, of course, your king of extreme is going to take it. Who like it was a fiat complete. We we knew that before the event even happened, your king of extreme was going to reign supreme. But folks, this is a momentous occasion. It's all gonna look up from here because as we know, the KOE nation and Phil KOE winning the championship has a great historical track record. It like so it's all gonna look up from here, folks. So, folks, with all that being said, I'm gonna turn it right on over to the one, the only Tony F and G to give his review of this show. T, take it away. Uh, and thank you, Phil KOE, for that uh that drop in, your humble champion of the RWP now. Look forward to taking that belt right back off of him at Jesus. Is it AEW full gear? Yeah, I think that's next. Yeah, because Crown Jewel's way off yet. So, yeah, uh, it'll be full gear when we get to go for that belt again, and hopefully Tony G will be victorious for once. Anywho, let's continue with the review. Drew McIntyre carrying cross. This let me down quite a bit. I actually was hoping that this was going to be the main event, and you were going to see some White Rabbit stuff at the end of this. I thought that would make more sense. You could incorporate with both of these guys, potentially. Uh, that didn't happen, but really... This was, uh, it was all right. This was all entrance for me. Uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlet as a package, especially Scarlet last night. She, she looked like a million bucks with the, with the leather outfit, with the slits up the side. Her whole body language was just so on point. And even at the finish, spraying the mace or whatever to Drew's face, this was perfect. Uh, to start things out, Cross jumps him. Uh, beats the hell out of them on the outside. They brawl a bunch before they even get in the ring and put the strap on. This was this was not bad by any means. Uh, you know, it, it was is is physical. It wasn't much of a wrestling match, but again, it it 
it needed a little more time. It needed a little more stakes. This was just kind of another throwaway match in the middle of a card. Uh, but yeah, she's, she pepper sprays uh, Drew McIntyre and allowed Cross to nail him from behind and get the pin. This was all right. Uh, it was about as average as it gets, though, really. Uh, it, mostly for me, this was all entrance with uh, Scarlett and her involvement in the match. So I, I'm going to give it, uh, I'll give it two and a half. I, I got to be fair. Um, notable moments from Bleacher Report says this was the first time since his return that you could see how busy Cross's hair had gotten since he stopped shaving his head. Uh, having him fight for so long before the bell felt unnecessary. Yeah, I could agree with that to an extent. And it was surprising how long it took some of the welts to start showing up. They weren't holding back with the shot. That's true. That Again, this was very physical, but it didn't land. It didn't land as a feud pursuant. Like, they, they didn't really enhance anything. They didn't resolve anything. So it just kind of was, which which is actually pretty disappointing. I, you know, I like both of these guys. Um so I, I don't know. I assume they're going to continue this, but we will see. Yeah, two and a half. This wasn't, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I need a shot. Uh, th that's not this show, Tyler, but, you know, just for you, bud. Let's see what I can do. You know, Tyler Williams is a big fan of the Big Buck and Empire show, the Dog and Chicken show, which you can catch live typically Thursdays. Sometimes Fridays. It's probably going to be Friday this upcoming week. We got episode 159. Some really spicy segments, news, current events, politics, and a lot of whiskey and beer drinking. So join us for that. And in honor of the Big Buck and Empire, I'm going to have a shot of Crown Royal on me to you, Tyler. Thanks for joining us. Ooh, not bad. Not freaking bad. It's a good thing I had that shot because, unfortunately, the next match was also really fucking bad. I, you know, uh, Phil predicted that uh, out of the two women's matches, this one would be the better of the two. And he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. This just wasn't much better than the one we already talked about. Uh, Bailey going against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship in a ladder match. Uh, Dakota Kai, Yosuke did not stay at ringside. Didn't take long. Both women started using the ladders that were placed around the ring. They use them in all the typical ways other than climbing. So some memorable spot. I know they really weren't that memorable. It was pretty cookie cutter. Uh, the only one I liked really was when Bailey kicked the actual extension arms out of the middle of the ladder to allow it to be easily smashed. I, I don't know why more people don't do that. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, this, this just kind of chugged on. It's like neither of these women really understood how to do ladder spots or a ladder match in general so it was pretty clunky maybe some ring rust for bailey bianca just seemed out of her element this didn't click on any of the cylinders uh sky and kai did finally interfere and this honestly was almost insulting because she put them uh, bianca put them both up on the top turnbuckle and delivered kind of a half-ass kod uh, she's strong as hell that was impressive uh, no matter how you shake it but the move didn't land it took forever to set up and you know land it but it was it was a nice spot got the crowd into it uh they said the match got better as it went i would disagree we got to the spot where bailey was climbing up the opposite side had bianca trapped underneath but she only went up to like the third rung so like anybody could have pushed the ladder up to knock you out it wasn't that was supposed to show how strong she was that that was not a good example of it uh bailey pulled her hair through the rung as they were both up on top knocked her off she climbed back up hit her with the hair, uh, and then eventually Bianca 
was able to get up to the top and recapture the belt. They gave this a B plus. I'm going to be frank. Uh, this was at best a two for me. And if I'm being really honest, probably a 1.75. It just didn't click. They didn't have the chemistry. There was no, it, it never felt like anybody was actually in control. It never felt like anybody was actually in danger. I don't know. This just didn't land for me. Notable moments and observations from Bleacher Report. Nikita Lyons was shown in the crowd. Uh, the el elbow drop Bailey hit from the apron while Belair was on the ladder was intense. Uh, that, yeah, that did look like it hurt. I'll give him that. She had it bridged on the barricade in the, in the ring, and she dropped a bow. That was actually not bad. Uh, the, the big KOD at the end was solid. Bailey looked like she hit her mouth on the right side of the ladder, but I, I think she was fine. Probably fat lip. But yeah, great, great KOD, no doubt. Uh, and Bailey looked good at making her opponents look good. There you go. Simple enough. But yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't a great match, unfortunately. So let's move along to what was I was blown away by this, I'll be frank. Uh Finn Balor versus Edge in an I quit match. Mm -hmm. So um the first half of this. It took me a while to get into it. I, I mean, I've seen plenty of I quit matches. I've seen plenty of Balor matches. I've seen plenty of Edge matches. And this Judgment Day debacle, having to pull Edge out of the Judgment Day because lack of star power, loss of Cody Rhodes. And now it, it it's gotten to the point where we're over most of it, I think. I, I feel like everybody's just kind of over it and everybody wants to move on. But they're trying to also at the same time make you feel like Edge was never in the group to begin with. So I, <laughs> that always takes me out of it. The fact that they're trying to be like, hey, can you guys, you know, watch and just do us a favor and pretend like Edge didn't like make this group and was never a part of it. That would that would help us a lot here. So that's always kind of been my big flyer. But these guys actually gelled really well. Ben comes out alone. He's wearing... Um, I can only describe it as like a Victoria's Secret triple D bra with spikes on it. But, you know, one of them on his head. It looked a little ridiculous. He's doing the, he's got the modified entrance music with uh, Prince showing as uh, what Prince Devitt, you know. This, this wasn't bad. It just looked a little goofy. It would be different if he were a larger, more imposing physical man. But I don't know. Not, not my favorite, but it did catch my attention. Uh, nobody from Judgment Day comes out with him. So, yeah, yeah, like they're not going to show up, right? Uh, Edge was very aggressive. First several minutes mostly belonged to uh, Finn, though. And finally, Edge started to get a slight advantage. Both both guys are just constantly having the ref ask him, do you quit, do you quit? No, of course not. Way too early for that. They fight out on the crowd. Uh, you had some battling through the, up the up the steps of the crowd, and they got to a quarter – and, I mean, fans were gathered in the back of the quarter coming back from concessions or something. That was kind of a cool spot. Uh, nothing nothing groundbreaking here. Edge racked himself on a, on a handrail. Whatever. They finally get back. You got uh, Priest and Dominic finally show up to help out Beller. Uh, Edge takes him down. And then Ripley appears, and she handcuffs Edge to the top rope. Now he's fucked. So then Ray shows up, go figure, with uh, with weapon in tow. He shows up and he gets his ass kicked and handled. Go figure. Then, as expected, Beth Phoenix shows up. And she 
took it to uh, both the guys and then got into scuffle with Rhea Ripley, got the key, got Edge saved out of the handcuffs. So now it's on, right? Edge is hitting spears. He's taking control back. He looks like he's on fire. And then uh, Beth Phoenix got smoked by Rhea Ripley with a pair of brass knucks. Then it was a three-on-one against Edge. And I will give Phil Kaywee a fuck ton of credit on this. He called this shit in the side chat. I wish you would have said it on the on the predictions. But he's like, no, no, no. That's how they're going to make Edge say I quit. They're going to threaten Beth, and he's finally going to cave. Sure enough, she's knocked out cold. Rhea puts the chair under her head, grabs another chair, forces Edge to say I quit, and then nails Beth with the concerto anyway. Nuclear heat. I mean, nuclear heat. This is the first time I've really, truly given two shits about this group since Edge left it. This is finally the first time it's actually felt imposing. It's felt like a, a heel stable, like they might actually have something here since they replaced Edge with Balor. Like this, this was actually pretty good. The second half of this match with all the outside interference and overcoming the odds, this was good. I really enjoyed the second part of this match. Uh, again, the first part was a little slow, but once it kicked off, man, did it kick off. This was a really solid, really solid finish, and the nuclear heat, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end for Judgment Day. I don't know if they helped pipe in crowd noise or what, but uh, crowd was crowd was pissed regardless, even if they did amplify it. This this, this felt good. I, I actually enjoyed the story they told in the second half of this match, even if it was a little predictable in certain spots. This was pretty good. I'm going to give this one, uh, I'm going to give it a three, two, five. Pretty good. Pretty good overall. Oh, God, Maker's Mark store picks are some of the best value in whiskey, and that is not a joke. You like bourbon? Private select store picks. Only way to go. Mm, so good. Let's move on. Uh, oh, sorry. I forgot to mention the ongoing backstage segment of the night. <laughs> fucking the Miz and the Philly Flyer mascot constantly getting into it and finally for the third time uh Dexter Loomis shows up chokes him out and the Philly Flyer kicks Miz in the gut and the fucking Loomis and the Flyer wander off yay uh, hats to the Philly crowd anywho the main event the fight pit match Riddle versus Rollins uh Daniel Cormier was the special official for the fight pit and the some people thought like chicken thought maybe you'd see lesnar here but <clears throat> unfortunately that uh that surprise spot was meant for somebody else as we knew uh the setup to the cage is really interesting if you've never looked at the fight pit you've got the top portion is much much larger with a platform on the bottom of it so you can get up on top of it and then the regular cage just fits inside the ring as standard, but they take the ropes out. So it's kind of a unique concept. I like the look. Uh, if you haven't seen the Thatcher Riddle fight pit from NXT, I do suggest you go back and watch that. That's a really good one. <coughs> Excuse me. Harvest, bean, and corn dust. It's getting to me. Whiskey helps. So they, uh, they started this out like a very serious MMA-style matchup. Feeling each other out, trying to trying to get an opening, trying to get a takedown, trying to land a few spots. 
Riddle landing some leg kicks, uh, Rollins reacting with his nasally whine scream. That that was actually pretty good. Uh, they It was definitely probably one of the more physical encounters just because it felt like a fight. Uh, the biggest spot saw Riddle. They got up on top. They fought up there for a while. Uh, Seth hit a pedigree on that platform I was talking about. Riddle did finally counter. I think he hit an RKO, and then Seth kind of rolled off. And you're like, oh, that was a little disappointing. But he rolls up to the middle. Riddle flies off of this thing and hits a picture-perfect senton splash. I mean, that had to legit hurt both those guys. Oof. It, it, it was visually pretty stunning. You know, this was a this was a snooker level daredevil dive. I, I really enjoyed the spot. Balls of steel to do it like that. Oof, I'd feel so uncomfortable trying to do something like that from a standing position on the ground. I can't imagine doing it off the top of this thing. Uh, but then Riddle locks in a submission and kind of an abrupt tap out from Rollins. I it kind of came out of nowhere. I was a little disappointed with the finish. I mean, I, I expected Riddle to win, but it kind of it was a little anticlimactic. <clears throat> and DC was good as, as the enforcer ref, but didn't do a, a whole lot other than say, getting in like Rollins' face saying, hey, you need to listen to me. Uh, Riddle got the W here, and I I don't know. It didn't feel big enough to be the blow-off for this feud. So this could keep going as well. But uh, we did just have new season premieres of SmackDown and Raw, so what they call a season premiere. So maybe this was the blow-off. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't feel like the, the send-off to the feud. Riddle got the W and all, but I don't know might continue we'll see uh i'm gonna give this a solid i'm gonna give it a solid 3.25 it was good it was good it wasn't great needed a bigger finish but that was the show overall and uh, there wasn't honestly probably my favorite match to watch was the opener sincerely it was uh I don't know. This was not a marquee show. Uh, and WWE's had a lot of really good shows this year. This was probably one of their not nearly as good shows. So it definitely didn't live up to any of the expectations. But that's going to happen when you don't have a have a world championship title defense. You know, like him or not, Roman Reigns, he's on top for a reason. And he's the champ. And without him, it did feel pretty lackluster. <clears throat> So as Riddle and the referee are going up the ramp, Riddle's got his arm raised up in celebration. They even show a little copyright logo down in the bottom. And then the lights start to go out. Need one more drink. That's when it happens. Goes dark. The crowd immediately turns on their flashlights. And they start listening to... He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got, and they play that on loop. And it's obviously Bray Wyatt. And then they just keep panning the crowd, panning the crowd. And then all of a sudden, they slowly zoom in on the bottom right of the, the crowd. And there's a human form costume of Huskus the Pig from the Firefly Funhouse. Not the puppet, but somebody wearing like a full size adult human being costume. Okay, okay, interesting. Pans back out, and then it zooms into another portion, and you get a the same thing, but it's the it's it's Ramblin' Rabbit. And then again with uh with Sister Abigail, and then again with Mercy the Buzzard, 
Everybody's like, holy shit, it's happening, it's happening. And then right down front, a very hooded, shrouded figure, but right in the front at the barricade, very clearly the fiend. And they only show the fiend for about a second and a half. You could tell, wait a minute, that's not Bray Wyatt. That's not Bray Wyatt. That's the fiend, but that's not Bray Wyatt. And they pretty quickly pan, and they go back to the entranceway where... Oh, excuse me. And then there was a mask on the announce table. That's right. And they're kind of free. What the hell is this? Holy crap. And then they go and they show the doorway. There's a doorway placed now that's kind of illuminated at the very top of the entrance ramp. And the whole time is still play. He's got the whole world in his hand. And it's really, just the vibe is just brilliant. The whole theme, the whole feel is just perfect. And behind the glowing door on the Titantron you you start seeing the Firefly Funhouse, but you can clearly tell it's been abandoned for a while. There's cobwebs, all the puppets are just laying there dead, nobody's obviously running them, they're just laying there with cobwebs growing on them, it's in disarray, it's been abandoned, then the TV starts flickering. You kind of hear what sounds like Bray Wyatt talk, and then this, it looks like a Guy Fox mask, like kind of like Anonymous on the TV through white noise, saying some incoherent stuff, <clears throat> and then it kind of fades. It goes back to the door, and it's still we still got the vibe going, and the door swings open, and there's a light, and it goes out, and then a smaller blue light appears in the doorway, and it's the very familiar, very clearly, the Bray Wyatt signature lantern. It starts coming through the smoke being carried by somebody in that mask that we just saw on the TV, that really weird, kind of wonky Guy Fox mask. You can tell it's Bray Wyatt. You can tell, but he kind of walks out of the doorway and he rips the mask off and it's Bray Wyatt. It's cult leader, old school Bray Wyatt. And I kid you not, legitimate, holy shit chance breakout. Legitimate, because I, I watched other crowd shot versions of this on YouTube. I've watched this whole segment about eight times now. It's, it's so great. And when Bray Wyatt reveals his face to confirm that it is indeed him, the crowd was the crowd lost their mind throughout this entire thing. They were so happy. Everybody was just cheering, clapping, gasping. So many emotions because they were so happy and so excited to see this guy. The holy shit chant was true. It was perfect. And then he blows out the lantern and we fade to black. So, the White Rabbit tease pays off big. You get Bray Wyatt back. And it, it, it really kind of feels at just the perfect time. So, if we're going to believe like that now we're doing season premieres, because of course we are, even though <laughs> SmackDown and Raw never take a break. We're doing season premieres, so this is supposed to be a fresh start, right? Well, I don't know what that means. I, and I'm more excited than anything to see what they do. Do with Bray Wyatt. Now we've had tons of returns since Triple H took over. I mean, we got Braun Strowman, uh, we got Karrion Cross, uh, we got Dexter Loomis, we got you know, all those guys were kind of rumored to maybe be aligned with Bray Wyatt. So, eh, could be, maybe not. Hard to say. Will he be on Raw? Will he be on SmackDown? I kind of feel like he's kind of got to be on Raw. SmackDown's kind of felt like Roman's show, even though he's the champ of both shows. You need big star power on Raw. 
And I, I feel like Bray Wyatt fills that gap, you know? I, you could reignite the, the Seth Rollins feud, but I don't... Uh, that one left a bad taste in my mouth, I'll be honest. It was a really struggling Seth Rollins as a face, as a champ, and he buried the Fiend in that hell. In a, I, I will never get over that. So I really don't want to see that one reignited, but with, like, Drew McIntyre, that'd be great. If Karrion Cross isn't going to be a a member of his stable, that'd be unique, but they won't go that route. unfortunately that would actually be kind of nice. Something fresh. I, I think there's a lot here you can do with Bray Wyatt, obviously enough to bring him back in this spectacular fashion. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm actually looking forward to watching raw because I assume he's going to be on raw. He's kind of got to be on raw, doesn't he? Now, is, which, which iteration are we going to get? Are we going to get Firefly Funhouse, Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt? Are we going to get Cult Leader Bray Wyatt? Are we going to get Fiend Bray Wyatt? Are we going to get this new amalgam of all of them? It, that's the most important thing. We're, we're giving Bray Wyatt another fresh start. And clearly, the crowd never forgot this man. He's meant more to the viewing audience than I think anybody realizes that was in charge of this show, especially one Vince, because... You never would have let him go, but letting him go, bringing him back after over a year later, this, this did feel big. And I didn't realize until I saw this, how, how important he was even to me, because I I'd gone away from WWE for a long time. And when I came back, he was already kind of a fixture. He won me over pretty quick. And every iteration of this guy has just been fascinating. Even if it got really wonky towards the end with the fiend and a lot of the, 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 the fight, uh, the Swamp fight with Strowman, there's a, a lot to not like. But Bray Wyatt as a whole commits so hard. And he is just so believable in whatever role you put him in. So that's the most exciting thing to see, no matter what. So I'm really excited to watch Raw tomorrow, or at least catch whatever they do with Bray Wyatt. Now I at least have a reason to watch whichever show he's on, to actually see somebody I want to see for sure. Feels nice, doesn't it? So that's uh, that was Extreme Rules. It was it was an all right show, but really the main event, the reason you came was because holy shit, Bray Wyatt is indeed back. Now I don't know what that's going to mean. Now they're not going to have Bray Wyatt go and pull the uh, undisputed Universal Title off of Roman Reigns. That's just not going to happen. Uh, Roman's probably going to carry that thing into Mania. Probably going to retain at Mania, depending on who the opponent is. So strap in, get used to it. That's not changing for a while. But Bray Wyatt can really freshen things up. And they've already started to kick in a new trend and kick in a new direction with Triple H at the helm. And this could really open a lot of doors. So I am excited and I'm really looking forward to see what they do. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a little ways before we get to Crown Jewel. So, you know, it's just kind of the weekly shows. We'll see where they go from here. We'll see what stories are about to develop. We're going to see what feuds they're going to amp up here shortly. So I, I am for once excited to see what we're going to do next, but I appreciate everybody watching tonight. Uh, if you have any predictions or questions or comments of your own, uh, drop them in the comments and we'll, uh, we'll answer them at the first chance we get. Cause that's what we do here. Once in a while, we talk about wrestling. We answer your questions. We talk, we talk shop. So I really appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm sorry. It's a day late. We'll try to we'll try to be a little more, uh, on the ball on the next show. We've got a couple coming up, like I said, full gear, early November, and Crown Jewel uh, three or four weeks out. I can't remember at this point, but uh, 
Yeah, you know the drill. Like, share, subscribe. We appreciate you. We will catch you next time. I'm Tony G. Love you. Bye.